Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Now, the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter on 1010XL. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Here are your hosts, Ryan the Hacker Green and Leon Searcy. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that? Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars Radio, and with that, a very good Sunday morning to you, Jacksonville, Florida. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics with the Pro Bowler, Leon Searcy, and the head coach, Dave Campo. The hacker, Ryan Green, with you on a night that we will never forget here in the city of Jacksonville, the third largest comeback in the history of the NFL postseason from 27, nothing down, the Jacksonville Jaguars come all the way back. Riley Patterson, a game-winning 36-yard field goal at the buzzer, and Jacksonville wins the game 31-30 and advances to next week's divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Leon Searcy, you were a player in this league for 11 years. You have covered this league now with us here on 1010XL for a handful of years. Have you ever seen a situation like we saw tonight at TIAA First Bank of all, Field? first of all, I got to get this, get this off my chest. Duval! <laughs> got to get that off my chest, baby. Yeah. And the answer is no. I have not seen what I saw tonight. Hell of a game. Hell of a team. Just, just, I can't put, listen, when I watched the game, I was speechless because because I, I was cheering them on. I was cheering them on the whole time. When we went down 27 to nothing, I said, okay, this team has not been blown out all season long, except for Detroit. I said, just give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance. Those seven points were big. And then you go into the second half. They made the adjustments. And you can see this team playing a lot better offensively, defensively. It was, listen, it, it was a hell of a game. I'm so proud of this team. Being a legacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars, man, I can't put into words how proud I am of this team, this organization, and this coaching staff for doing what they did today. Just a freaking amazing. Hey, Coach, again, Dave Campo here with us. Watching that game, very rarely am I speechless. I'm not sure if you know that or not. I well, usually, I know that. Never, never. I usually have quite a lot to say. Yes. Uh, I, I tweeted, I think, what everybody was feeling at the time when Patterson's field goal went through, what in the hell just happened? I, I could not believe what I watched. It was an annihilation in the first half. I felt horrible for Trevor on a national TV stage to throw four interceptions, trail 27 nothing. And my goodness gracious. I, I mean, the, the turnaround at the end of the first half, getting that touchdown, and you brought this up, Coach, the touchdown to Evan Ingram kind of flipped some momentum a little bit. And then the Jaguars were unstoppable in the second half. Well, you know, you've heard me say this many times uh, on the show uh, up to this point. You know, from my experience, you know, I, I always say I've seen this 
a hundred times. But in reality, when you let a team, I've said this before, if you let a team score before the half, I'm going to bet that 80% of the wins, those points were, were part of that win. And when they got the seven points, that's the only time I felt any kind of positiveness because it was ugly to that point. And for me, uh, just, you know, that when it went to 20, I said, well, that's three sevens. That's 21. And then as it got farther in, I had a couple of other situations. But that that really was big. Let me ask both you guys this. Coach, we'll start with you. How does the Charger defense do what they did in the first half to Trevor? And in the second half, they could not stop the Jaguar offense. Is that coaching? Is that adjustments? Is that as simple as it is? Well, I think, number one, they in the first half, they were gunned up pretty good. And, uh, you know, we weren't – we didn't run the ball uh, that well early. They were coming after us. And, uh, you know, they got some pressure on Trevor. And Trevor made some mistakes. The first interception was a, a fluke. It got tipped yeah. and the guy caught it. But the next couple, two or three, <laughs> three uh, were, were bad throws, but it's, it was involved with the pressure. In the second half, I've seen that a lot of times where in the second half a team comes out, they're not quite the same uh, energy, and then all of a sudden they try to pick the energy up and they can't do it when it starts to get close. Uh, that's happened a lot in the NFL. Big first half, poor second half, and our defense hack is adjusted extremely well in, in a lot of ball games this year in the second half. Well, I, I think, Coach, as well, as far as making halftime adjustments, I think for the most part, offensive line played hell of a game. I think in the first half, I think I think Trevor was having problems with the blitz and the pressure that he was going. He was trying to throw his, you know, without actually seeing the wide receiver on some of those throws. And I think that the offensive line got a little pressure, got pushed back a little bit more. But in the second half, he had to clean the pocket. He had a clean the pocket. He was able to see his receivers. He was, he was able to make the necessary throws. He weren't taking this, the chances that he was taking in the first half. And the moxie for this kid to throw four interceptions in the first half and then come back in the second half and to deliver the way he delivered, man, that that, that was a hell of a game by Trevor Lawrence. You're, you're the guy to ask because we had uh, yeah. one of our guys, Graham Marsh, came in here earlier and brought it up, and you're the guy to ask. You played in Denver on January 4th, 1997, considered mm -hmm. to be probably the biggest win in the history of the Jaguar franchise. Yeah. Is tonight in the conversation Absolutely. for the biggest win in Absolutely. the history of the and franchise? Listen, we're prisoners of the moment, of course, because we just finished watching the game. We're prisoners of the moment. But this has got to – it's in the conversation. You can have an argument because that game that we played in Denver in 1996, we were on the road, we were playing the number one seed, and we went in their house and won. A little different here. They were at home and were down 27 and had to come back and win the game. But the fashion in which they came back, they delivered. They, I ain't gonna, no, I'm not gonna say they delivered as well as we did because that was the great John Elway we went up against, not Justin Herbert. But not to minimize what they did, it's in the conversation. If it's not number one, it's top five, top three East. Oh yeah, no question about it. And coach, the play that we'll be talking about for a long time, fourth and one on the final drive, inexplicably throwing the ball on third and one. Thankfully, that didn't come back to bite him. Trevor goes up to the line of scrimmage. And I thought back to the New York Giants game. And in the Giants game, almost the same port of the field. They were going the same direction in the Giants game. 
The quarterback sneak didn't work, turned the ball over on downs. They were going to run the sneak. It was obvious. The Chargers knew it. We all knew it. They had four 300-pounders right over the ball, it seemed like. Trevor goes, kill, kill, kill at the line. Doug calls a timeout. And then to give the ball in a three-back set to Travis Etienne around right end for 25 yards to set up the game-winning field goal, that will be the play that will be remembered about this game. Well, I can tell you this. If anybody out there doesn't think that they made the right choice for the head coach here, oh, man. Uh, Listen, you, you you must be smoking hubbly bubbly or something ah, at that point. Hubbly oh. bubbly, yes, because, sir. Because I'm telling Save you, that one, Denmark. Because I'm telling you right now, that call right there, not only the call, but taking the timeout when he knew that the sneak wasn't going to work, but also taking the timeout to go through that play and make sure they knew exactly what was going to happen. I guarantee you he said to Etienne, don't go out of bounds because I knew, I think he knew they had that play and the disguise because there were people in the press box said, well, they're going to push him. You know, they're going to run the sneak again and they're going to push him because everybody was, you know, pretty close to the line of scrimmage. What a call, a great call. And you know, Leon, as a veteran, a guy that played so many meaningful games in the NFL, three championship games, a Super Bowl game for you. You've seen a lot. When Trevor is, I mean, Trevor was awful in the first half. Terrible, absolutely. Awful. Yes. Um, what's going through the sideline? What's going through, you know, the Brandon Sheriffs, the Jawan Taylors, when you see your quarterback just struggling, un- uncontrollably struggling? I mean, ha- it had to be so hard to keep the morale Dude. up. And then ultimately they obviously did because we saw well, what happened in the second the, half. The lie they would tell is that, during the after in, in the locker room, the lie they would tell us like we still had confidence in Trevor. I, no, you didn't. When he threw them four interceptions, you worried a little bit, but you leave him to himself. You let him know, okay, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be fine. Defensively, you're going over there and say, hey, listen, we're gonna get you the ball back. Offensively, as offensive lineman, you're saying we're gonna give you the protection. Running back saying we're gonna run the ball. Receivers gonna say we're gonna get open. So you're gonna you're gonna give him all the you're gonna give him all the, the positive feedback that he definitely necessarily needs. But there's concern. There's concern because first time in the playoffs, maybe a little jittery, throws a couple of picks. Not a couple. He throws three, four four picks in the game. But more important than that is the way he responded. Oh, my gosh. That, that's the key. The way – because most most NFL players, or most NFL quarterbacks that did what Trevor did in this game, they go in the tank. I mean, but this kid's special. I mean, I mean, he didn't flinch. He was like, okay, I know I messed up. You saw him on the sideline on TV when he – slammed his notebook down. He was frustrated because he knew he was better. Denmark, every week here on the fifth quarter, since we're talking about him right now, let's give you the offensive player of the game. It is brought to you by Universal Rail, or Universal Roof, rather, our friends at Universal Roof, and here it is, the Universal Roof Offensive Player of the Game. Universal Roof and Contracting presents the Offensive Player of the Game. Universal Roof and Contracting. The difference is universal. And again, thank you to Universal Roof for bringing that to you all year long. Coach Dave Campo, Trevor Lawrence, 25 or 28 of 47, 288, four interceptions. I don't think in the history of the fifth quarter we've given out an offensive player of the game to a quarterback that had four interceptions, but four touchdown passes to four different receivers. Trevor Lawrence was nothing short of outstanding the final 32 minutes of this game. Well, first of all, he was 
I believe he was three for 13 or four for 13 in the first half. In the second half, he was like 24 for 31 oh. or something like that. Unreal. I don't know the exact stats, but uh, to go along with what Leon just said a minute ago about there's a reason that this team is doing what they're doing. Confidence of the, the head coach and confidence in the quarterback. And they were worried. Mm-hmm. I was worried. Yes. But I know this kid is special. Mm-hmm. And we've said it. We've said it a number of times on this show and on all kinds of shows on 1010. This kid is a different cat. And, and I'm telling you, this is just the the tip of the ice, the the arrow right here. Well, go ahead, Wayne. I mean, well, not only that, coach, he's resilient. Because here's the thing, Hack. In this type of situation, when you're down twenty-seven to nothing, as an offensive lineman, and when you're in that huddle, you got to believe that when that guy that walks in the huddle with you, you got to believe that he can take you places that you've never been. Okay, so the way that the 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 team responded offensively to Trevor after his struggle says a lot about it. Because guys still running their routes, offensive line is still protected. Trevor's ATN is still running the ball hard because they believe this guy. If you give an opportunity, he can he can take you to places that you've never been before. Phone lines are absolutely loaded. We'll get to you in less than ninety seconds. How about this, guys? Twenty three for two forty five and three touchdowns. That is the numbers of first year Jaguars Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones. They combined for 23 catches tonight for 245 yards and three touchdowns. So anybody, anybody gave Christian Kirk too much money. What are they doing with Zay Jones? Who's Zay Jones? Anybody that complained, there's your answer. 23 for 245 and three (laughs) scores in the third biggest comeback of the history of the NFL postseason. What a job by those three guys. And not only that, those that complained about ETN not being ill at, he had 109 yards today. And the guy that I really, really like is uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah. And the reason I like him is because he made a couple critical catches in this game. He only Mm -hmm. had three. But when it was really down and dirty, they went to him. And he had a touchdown. So yeah. you 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 got four receivers in a, that were it was spread all over the field with him. Yards yeah. after the catch, that was big. Six four one, ten ten. It is one forty five in the morning on a Sunday, and we have loaded phone lines. And we appreciate you staying up with us. And I figured we would. How are you going to go to sleep after something like that? I mean, how are you going to go to sleep after the third biggest comeback in the history of the National Football League? postseason let's go to vera beach let's get chad in here on the fifth quarter on 1010 xl chad go ahead leon ryan coach it might not be this year but trevor lawrence and doug pierce are going to get a super bowl trophy mm-hmm. maybe more than one that and that's what's important let's get the first but that's what's important tonight it might not be this year but they're going to put a trophy in the case chad appreciate the phone call whether it's this year or not the bottom line is they're two wins away from the Super Bowl. And, you I know, mean, look, if the home teams win tomorrow, if Buffalo wins, which they should, and if Cincinnati wins, which they mm-hmm. should, that means Jacksonville gets a one-way ticket to Kansas City. I'll play the Chiefs again. We played them in Arrowhead. Yeah, why you not? You know, we forced three turnovers. Patterson actually missed two field goals. Cam Robinson was illegally downfield. They called a touchdown back. 
we played well against Kansas City. Just cost ourselves uh, some situations there. I know we're breaking down the game tonight, Leon. But after tonight, you can't be afraid of anybody. No. Mahomes, no. Burrow, whomever. You were down 27 nothing to Justin Herbert. What do we always hear about Justin Herbert? Top five quarterback. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. They were all out there. Mm-hmm. They're all beating you 27 nothing. And you come back and win well, 31-30, bring on Patrick Mahomes. Listen, if you thought we were playing with house money in this game, oh, man. we're definitely playing with house money next week, no matter who we play. It doesn't matter. This team coming off a victory like that, the way they came back, the moxie to do what they did today, who you, you should be scared of any team you play next week. You should be looking forward to whoever you play, whether you go on the road or not, you you should be fine. Coach, take us inside the, the you know Doug Peterson. I'm sure the videos will come out. We saw the video of Trent Balky and him. Uh, greeting each other, going up the tunnel. That was that was some scene. I mean, if you're Doug Peterson and the coaching staff, are you even thinking? I mean, you don't even, you don't really know who you're playing till tomorrow anyway. You probably anticipate it being Kansas City, but tonight I imagine it's a cold beer and a celebration. Absolutely, uh, you're not thinking about anything other than uh, how proud you are of that football team and and how proud you've been of this football team for about six weeks now. And to me, that you know, that says it all. He he said it in his post game uh, talk, where where he said that this is a special group, and you know, we're I believe this team believes they can beat anybody, as they should, as they should. Six four one ten ten. Let's go to the west side. Get Elvis in here on the fifth quarter on ten ten XL. Elvis, go ahead. Hey hacker. Hey coach. Hey Leon. And I'm going to give you a molly hatchet. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, I've been to three games. The last three games at the bank were the best three games that I've ever seen in my life. And I've been to almost all the home games. I probably missed about 20. Oh, my God goodness the crowd you watched it you know we we went down the crowd got quiet but all of a sudden you felt it coming back and they started coming back and you know for the first time for the first time that i can remember we are the comeback kids and we're the cardiac cats again and it's amazing it's just amazing. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of this team. I agree with the last caller. It might not be this year, but it's going to happen. It will happen. Hey, Belvis, thank you for the phone call. Leon, take us inside the Charger <laughs> locker room. We're seeing videos coming out of there in the last hour. Bosa, Derwin James. There was a report that Justin Herbert was just sitting, staring at his locker an hour after the game, still in full pads. I mean... It's devastation, right, in the Charger locker room. How do you well, how do you get over something well, like listen, that? Well, listen, I've been on the back end of this. Hell, you know, Coach Campbell was uh, – I was privy to losing the Super Bowl to the Cowboys, Oh, the Larry right? Brown game, All right, yes. so I've been privy As to this. Campbell's I, laughing I know, I know what devastation is, all right? I just – I know what devastation – I know what it is to feel that other teams' confetti falling on you in the, after a game and sitting in your locker room realizing that you had this tremendous opportunity because, listen – Playoff games are few and far. 
All right, you go to a playoff game, you think you're in early in the league, you think, oh, I'm going to just make playoffs year, year, year in. And then when it doesn't happen, you have to cherish these moments, especially as a young player. But when you lose a game like this, you sit in your locker room and you always question yourself, what could I have done differently? What could I have done differently? If I had played differently, could I have changed the imp- could I have changed the impact or the direction of the game? And that's what all these guys are looking at. They're like, I could have did this, I could have that. You second guess everything. I jumped around here. I missed the tackle there. I could have got a second. The guy, I'm, watch, I'm watching the game on that last drive. Jawan Taylor almost freaking lost my mind. When the defensive end oh, Kyle jumped up, had the ball in his hand and dropped it, yeah. I jumped all over Jawan Taylor because he <laughs> telegraphed the cut. I said, bro, you got to get them legs down because that, that would have been the game. So it's just it's – just, I've always been told by coaches, it's not the big things, it's the little things that cost you football games. And the little things that the San Diego Chargers – did in the first half, it didn't do in the second half is the reason why they lost the game. What's your message if you're Brandon Staley, who, by the way, might have his own job security issues? What do you what do you tell your team after tonight? I think the only thing you can say is, guys, uh, you know, and when you're in that situation, uh, it wasn't our night. We didn't get it done. We've got a lot of things to do in the offseason. Take care of yourself. You know, get ready and, and, and let's come back. And we know we've got a football team that can win. It's just uh, didn't happen tonight. And for what it's worth, Leon, Trevor Lawrence now 2-0 and against Justin Herbert. Wow. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you another thing that needs to happen. This football team needs to give themselves a round of applause. All right? Because I was told by a specific coach one day when I was in college, it was a Jimmy Johnson used to tell us, the games are played on Saturdays, but they won in the offseason. That's right. the reason why – you run those extra reps. You do those extra reps. You run that extra gasser. All right. You touch the line when you're supposed to touch the line. You get in and watch the film and all that kind of stuff. Because with moments like this, when you're down and everybody's counting you out, you got to keep believing. You got to keep grinding. You got to keep. You got to keep the motor going. And it is easy to give up, but something about this team and Doug Peterson, this coaching staff, and these players, it doesn't matter how far they're behind. They don't give up. And I, and I got to leave with this before you go to the next caller. I feel your pain, Leo. I feel your pain from that Super Bowl. <laughs> he wanted to know what I devastation was, is. That I, was devastation. I, I was in three of them, and we won them all, plus yeah. a national championship. Yes. So I'm four for four there. Yes. Well, I've told Leon many times, I was devastated in Section 432 when the Titans beat us. <laughs> Uh, in the AFC title game, I didn't lose a Super Bowl as a player. So, a little bit different levels of devastation. Quickly, again, we're with you for at least another hour. If you're on the phone lines, Jacksonville, we will get to you. But our guy, Junior in Buffalo, oh, I yeah. think has wow. called every fifth quarter we've been on here over the last eight years. Junior in Buffalo, you are up, and I imagine you are a very excited man right now. Oh, yeah. It's like this song, Rocket After Midnight. We're, I'm still Rocket After Midnight, baby. <laughs> This was an awesome game. I was a, a privilege to see two air, a comeback games. I did well. I didn't get to see the first one because I was on the radio because that game against the Bills and Oilers were not on TV because it was not sold out. But I had a feeling I wasn't down when we were down twenty-seven nothing. I don't know why, but I wasn't down. I wasn't afraid. I just said, sat back in my reclining chair and said, "Dear, they're going to come back." I have a feeling they're going to come back. This is not over, and they did it. 
What an amazing, it, they got a set of cojones on this team. This team got cojones and they're going to keep going. They can't stop now. This team's got each other's back. The fans got their back. The coaching staff, this is amazing. This is amazing feeling. I don't think I'm going to sleep until Monday night. <laughs> I can't get to bed. This is a great game. I love being a Jaguar fan. I, I wish I was there. That's why I'm jealous. I wish I was there with the fans. That's how jealous I am. I wanted to be there with those fans. Uh, there was their spirit, but this team's got to keep going. Come on, Jags. It's, this is not over. It's like, it's like Sergey said, you might not have a chance to get here again. So live it. Live it now and fight for every play. Come on, guys. Let's go next week. Junior, appreciate the phone call. Love the passion. You are the man. By the way, we are streaming tonight's fifth quarter on YouTube. We're on Twitter as well, Denmark. At 1010XL on Twitter. If you watch Hacker After Dark, same thing. At 1010XL on Twitter. At 10XL on YouTube, uh, you'll see the fifth quarter program stream there. Right now, over 100 viewers on YouTube at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning. If you want to watch along, if you want to listen, we're with you to about 3.15 tonight. Brendan, Jonathan, Scratch, all you guys, hang in there. You're up on the other side. We'll give you a defensive player of the game as well with the head coach, Dave Campo, and the pro bowler, Leon Searcy. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. This is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. More to do. The third largest comeback in the history of the NFL playoffs transpired tonight. Jacksonville, a 31-30 winner over the L.A. Chargers. Bringing you an extra quarter of football. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. They run the ball with ETN, tries to get the corner. He does! 35, 30, 25. He is going to get wrestled to the ground at the 15-yard line. What a play call. It looked like the old T formation, and they handed it to ETN. He got it to the 16-yard line. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars radio. That was the play. They got the Jaguars in field goal range there in the final moments. Travis ETN on fourth and one. Doug Peterson, what a call, what a uh, execution and the Jaguars go on to beat the Los Angeles Chargers 31-30. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a defensive player of the game. It is brought to you by Superior Fence and Rail. Denmark, let's do it now. The Superior Fence and Rail, defensive player of the game. Jacksonville's building a fence along the goal line. This is the Superior Fence and Rail Defensive Player of the Game. Superior Fence and Rail, where quality matters. I think this is the first Defensive Player of the Game award this week for this guy the entire season. And I'm not sure he hasn't been their best D-lineman over the last two months. And that's Roy Robertson-Harris. Roy Robertson-Harris tonight credited for seven tackles, four tackles for loss, including a quarterback sack, and two passes defensed with two additional Quarterback hits, Leon Searcy, Roy Robertson-Harris was everywhere tonight. He was. I mean, he, he absolutely was. He was disruptive, and that's what you want with your interior defense alignment. You want him to be able to cause havoc in the middle, in the run, in the pass, knock some balls down, which he did, tackle for loss, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, go along with your defensive ends you know, with, with uh, Josh Allen and with Trayvon Walker. If you got a presence inside and when you push in the pocket, 
And that quarterback can't step up and throw the ball. Coach, you're a defensive guy. We talk so much about the offense. The Chargers had 27 points at halftime. They end with 30 points. The defense, Mike Caldwell, it's the second time this year that's happened. Las Vegas did whatever they wanted in the first half. Jacksonville completely shuts them down in the second half. Now the Chargers, whatever they wanted to do in half number one, the, de the defense makes adjustments, and the defense as big a factor in winning this game as the offense. Yeah, they, uh, there's no question that they've done a great job at halftime in these ball games of understanding, you know, what they're doing, how they're what they're not executing well, and, you know, they've simplified the defense that they're using, and when they have that situation, they don't uh, – they have an idea of how to fix it at halftime as well. So there's no question that that's a – they've done a great job in that area. No, it was a great performance, no question about that. 641-1010 is the phone number. If you want to get involved here on the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter, you are more – then welcome to do so. To the phone lines, we go to Fleming Island. Let's get Brendan up here on 1010XL. Brendan, go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Brendan, we are wonderful, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I just want to give a huge shout-out to everyone on the team. I mean, I'm actually a Clemson graduate, so I've been following Trevor Lawrence all around the country, man. Travis Etienne. Huge shout-out to Tyler Shatley tonight. Uh, I know he's one of those guys that's just utilized on the line, but he played well tonight. Um, the, you know, the secondary and the offensive line is really what I want to shout-out for the second half. And, you know, everyone wants to throw love at Trevor, but he had so much more time in the second half tonight. And, you know, 27-0 to and giving up three points in the second half is is, is just incredible. And I, and I want to show love to Doug P. and I, I just can't I just can't explain how happy I am tonight, man. These these guys really, really have heart and no matter who we play next week, we got a shot. Hey Brendan, thank you for the phone call. Leon seriously, your assessment of the offensive line tonight. Well listen, especially the tackles. I figured coming into this game it was going to be key that these tackles gave Trevor Lawrence a clean pocket for the most part. And you're going up against freaking Khalil Mack and Bosa, you know, two headhunters who come off the edge. Who are, who are top tier pass rushers in the NFL? And I think for the most part, no, not for the most part. Ninety percent of the times they did an outstanding job. Now they got to beat a couple of times inside, spin moves and all that kind of stuff. You know, the other guys get paid as well. But for those two court, those two tackles in the second half, with everything on the line to give Trevor the time in the pocket, that my hat goes off. I, I can't call them bookends yet, but I can just tell you those two tackles got it done. And moving forward, if they continue to have that kind of success, especially when it counts most in the second half, it's going to help Trevor, and we're going to go forward. Coach, let me give you three plays that not a lot of people are going to talk about. They'll talk about maybe one of them. All right, Bosa lining up offsides erased a sack, which was an enormous, enormous play. Then you had Bosa losing his mind after the touchdown, getting an unsportsmanlike, moving the ball to the one, where Trevor was able to sneak it and make it 30-28. to 28. But I'll tell you, it's 30-20. to 20. Khalil Mack sacks Trevor Lawrence, and that was the play where Kyle Van Oy stepped on Trevor's thumb, accidental, I believe, and there was blood gushing and everything. You bandage it up real quick. You got like a second and a mile. And as bad as the referees were tonight, and they were bad, the Jaguars run a five-yard button hook on second and 20. It's incomplete. Flag comes out for defensive pass interference. 
gives the Jaguars a fresh set of downs. If I'm Brandon Staley, I'm losing my mind at that corner. On second and 20, to get called for interference and to give the Jaguars an automatic first down, that was an unbelievably huge play in the game. Well, there are a number of those. I mean, that was a big play, no question about it. But also, the one you talked about, that was a third and seven that they had to offside. Goes to third and two, we then go down and score a touchdown on it. Yeah. So, I mean, there were those mistakes. Though You've heard me say many times, it's not how many great plays you make, it's how many bad ones you avoid. And to come back in a second half with that many points, you have to have some big plays and you have to have some stupid plays on uh, on the other team. All right, Leon, understanding we are on terrestrial radio, even though it is 2.07 in the morning, give us uh, your thoughts, your PG thoughts, on what Bosa had to say to the ref to get a penalty. Oh, he dropped the F-bomb. He lost his mind. He dropped the F-bomb. Had for sure. to have, right? Yeah, right. And right, the ref, the, he had to have said it twice because when he walked by the ref, he said it. Then the ref ran in, ran in front of Basically him. Basically, like, what did you what say? What did you just say? And he said it again. <laughs> he said it again. Huh? Yeah. Those are some stones right there. And for a ref to do that, I mean, it has to be oh, the yeah. mother of all yeah. words. Oh, absolutely. He dropped the F-bomb. <laughs> absolutely. He dropped it twice. Yeah. On the ref. Yeah. Bosa lost and his And you got to understand this, too. You got to understand this, too. When you cuss out the ref, I think, I don't know if he was the head ref or not. When you cuss out the ref, he's looking for you to do something else mm-hmm. so he can throw the flag. So Bosa was already – he had the scarlet letter oh, on Oh, that's chest. a good point. Absolutely, he was looking for him to do something. He gave the F-bomb twice. Frustration. He gave him to him twice. That Frustration makes point. cowards of us all. Yes. Wow. He, listen, Bosa had a meltdown, bro. Yeah. And not understandably. Understandably, all right? No, it's not understandably. No. Hell no, it's not understandably. You cost the team the game in some, in some aspect of the game. Look, as bad as the refs were to the Jaguars, I'll just throw it out there. The touchdown to Kirk – to make it 30-26, to 26. you know why Bosa was so mad? Not only did Juwan Taylor leave early, so it was a false start, Juwan Taylor also held him and it didn't get called. All right, so on the same play, Taylor should have got called for a well, false well, start, <clears throat> and he didn't, and he held Bosa, so that's why Bosa flipped out the second time. L- let me let me tell you, there is, we have a, a dictionary, the offensive lineman call that we have. In the dictionary, under the guidelines of offensive line play, it says right here in Chapter 1, Verse one, if it ain't called, it don't count. <laughs> <laughs> or I thought, I thought you were going to say, if you got an hey, issue, no, no, get some tissue. No, no, if it ain't called, it don't count. Six four one ten ten to Alabama. We go Jonathan up here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Jonathan, what do you got? Duval. Oh, yeah. indeed, indeed. Tell you what, there was one thing that uh, Frank uh, said on the radio broadcast. I don't know if y'all knew about it, but apparently the ref went and touched, uh, was it uh, Logan Cook, the punter, while uh, No, the the ref sprinted in there like Usain Bolt to make sure Riley Patterson couldn't get a a practice kickoff to, you know, when the last field goal was. Basically, the Chargers called a timeout to ice Patterson. Um, Matissic snapped it to Cook. Patterson was going up to get a practice kick, and the referee for whatever reason, thought he would interject himself and not let that happen. And I don't blame Peterson for being upset about that. I, and I, I have to admit, I have to admit Trevor was, was bad. And, but second half he settled down, but he's got to get a whole lot better for next week. I'm telling you, whether it's Kansas city, Buffalo, whomever. Uh, but 
defense really slammed the door shut in the second half. But all in all, we did all right. And hey, Jonathan, thank you for the phone We call. did all right. Yeah, by the way, he doesn't need to get a whole lot better. You will not find better quarterback play in the second half than what you got out of Trevor Lawrence. Now, in the first half, he was terrible. Awful. In the second half, that might as well have been Dan Marino or John Elway or Tom Brady out there because they hey, wouldn't have played any better. He got her done. How about that? There's no question about it. What was your take on the referee doing that, by the way? Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life is somebody could have got hurt on that one. Yeah. The kicker. You know, you let the you you let the thing go through. Uh, you know, I I've never seen that before. Now there's been a lot of issues here recently in the NFL with the competition committee and everything about some bad things that are happening with officials that they're not screening them properly, they're not vetting them properly, and there's some situations. I've never seen that before. You know, where a guy goes up and grabs the the holder. You know, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was Crazy. very, very bizarre. Very bizarre. Ah, we got our guy E.T. up late with us here on the fifth quarter. E.T., how are you, sir? Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, bring him on. What were your thoughts, man? What a game. I ain't going to lie. When we was down, when we was down 20, 27, I was ready to go home. Yeah, but, yeah. I think we then, all were. But then them Jaguars. They did they thing. <laughs> them Jaguars, they prevailed. They, oh, I want to say some bad words right now. Whoa, them Jags. How about them Jags? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hey, Come you're on, the man, hey. buddy. I, I, man, listen, I want to give a shout-out to, to, to the fans. That Bud Zone was rocking because they stayed there the whole time. They had faith the whole time. Everybody, they were swinging them towels. They were singing them songs. They was like, come on, Trevor. They was like, come on, defense. I love the way the city comes together when we play like that because I tell you, I had about 70,000 cousins in there, and we was all screaming for them Jaguars. Come on, somebody. Hey, you love it, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, look, it, it's a great night. Like we said, it might be the biggest win in the history of the franchise. It's in the conversation with Denver, Leon. Mm -hmm. You played in that game. Yeah. The Buffalo game the week Absolutely. before Denver. Yes. It's in the conversation yes. with that. And look, now tomorrow, you get to kind of sit back, put your feet up, watch the two other AFC playoff games, mm -hmm. and figure out where you're going to go. I made the horrific mistake at halftime. I was so flipping mad. I, was, I knew I was going to come in here. I'm talking about a loss, so I go tell my wife, hey, I don't want to sit around and, you know, just be PO'd all day on Sunday. Let's go to Epcot. So she goes to sleep. She's asleep right now. Think Has that they no lost. idea Think that they lost. the Jaguars won the game. So now I got to get up at 7 a.m. It's 2 in the morning right you now, by the way. You're not going to bed. I'm not going to bed. So we're going to Epcot tomorrow. But, hey. Hey, guess what? Those European beers will taste a lot better guess after what? a victory. You can sleep in the car. I can sleep in the car. <laughs> She's driving. That's exactly right. Let's get a couple of more in before we take our next break. We're with you for about another hour. Jacksonville, we appreciate it. How about this, by the way? It is 2.15 in the morning. We have over 275 people watching us on YouTube right now. By the way, we're on the stream, 1010XL on YouTube, also at 1010XL on Twitter, and we have absolutely loaded phone lines. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Scratch in here on 1010XL. Scratch, go ahead. Yo, what is up, gentlemen? First of all, I'm not in the south side anymore. I am in St. Augustine because I am driving back home to West Palm Beach. I was at the tailgate to 1 o'clock. Y'all, that stadium was electric. That was, 
I mean, listen, I used to say that the win in Pittsburgh, I went to that Pittsburgh game when we beat the Steelers in 2017. I used to say that was my number one sports experience, but I think now it might be tonight. I mean, how can you not love this freaking team? Well, we're talking about a team that does not blink. Biggest acquisition, I got to say, Doug, Dougie P, man. I, I love Doug Peterson. The way he has coached this team to be level, everything can go wrong. Everything went wrong. And we still came back and won. Is there anything this team can't do? So I am, I am so hyped. I am, I'm not going to sleep tonight anyway. So I said, forget crashing in West Palm. I'm driving all the way home tonight. I appreciate you guys giving this, this uh, show tonight to keep the energy going and celebrate this win. Is there anything this team can't do? Let's see who we got next week. And, uh, yeah, you wave that Jags towel up at Epcot. Let's go. Scratch. Love it, man. Love it. Coach, you used the term belief. Leon, you've used it as well. It's not with a capital B, right? I mean, it's on all caps at this point. What you did to Dallas, coming back against Baltimore, coming back against Tennessee. My gosh, the third biggest comeback in postseason history tonight. The belief cannot possibly be any higher, I wouldn't think, in that Jaguar locker room. No, I think, you know, when you have comebacks like we've had, uh, you know, in the last six weeks, that itself builds confidence. But I'm telling you, the belief in, in this staff and this, uh, you know, quarterback and this head coach uh, is, is beyond belief. I mean, I think this team right now, uh, the, the head coach is a gunslinger that doesn't flinch. He is patient. He's calm. And that demeanor is what this football team has. There's no, there's no concern. It's, it's just let's go another play. Uh, we'll come back. We just need a play here. We need a play there. Somebody's got to make a play. And that's what's happening with this team. Leon, the Jaguars are trending worldwide right now. Mm -hmm. They were the only game on. Millions and millions of people watched that game on NBC, some of which hadn't watched the Jaguars all year long. They're going to get massive amounts of attention this week. Will that change in anything they're doing here? I mean, how hard is that to block out the outside noise and no. stick with what's been working? No, well, be, be, yeah, well listen, they're, they're going to be the media darlings right now. Outside, we talked about it off the air. What happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin and Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. Okay, not going to be able to steal that story. That was, that, was, that was tragedy, and he's doing better now. But as far as the media goes, as far as the darlings, Jacksonville's the, the darlings right now. And will it affect the team? Absolutely not, because this team remembers – this team remembers when it was three and seven, and people were counting them out and saying they were this and the same old Jags and this this franchise has never turned. They remember that kind of stuff. This team is going to continue to play with a chip on its shoulder. That's what I like. They want to prove it. They want to prove that they're real. And after this game and the the way they came back, they real. And it's a lot of teams out there. They will never admit to it. There's a lot of teams out there that do not want to play right now there is no doubt about that i completely agree with you there that is the all pro leon searcy we got the head coach dave campo i'm the hacker ryan green this is the window world of northeast florida fifth quarter we're brought to you by eastern roofing company and dr george bari and bari orthopedics kathy albert will 
Everybody, hang in there. We're with you for another hour, Jacksonville. If you want to get on the phone lines, you are more than welcome to do so. We'll come back with a special teams player of the game and more celebration as we are streaming the show on YouTube and Twitter tonight. Just search 1010XL, either YouTube or Twitter. You'll find the show there. Phone lines are loaded. We appreciate you at 2.20 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are still celebrating a Jaguar 31-30 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers, the third biggest comeback in the history of the NFL playoffs. The Window World of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on. How good is that? Frank Frangi on the call, Jaguars radio. That's what it sounded like about three hours ago at TIAA Bankfield as the Jaguars cap off the third biggest comeback in the history of the NFL postseason. That was Riley Patterson kicking a 36-yarder to win it every week here on the fifth quarter. We do give you a special teams player of the game. That special teams player of the game is brought to you by the McKeever Clinic. Denmark, let's do it now. The McKeever Clinic, special teams player of the game. Now, the special teams player of the game. Brought to you by the urological specialist of McKeever Clinic. All right, Leon, the last time Riley Patterson was in that situation, that was to tie the game. Right, It wasn't to win it. It was against Dallas, and he mm-hmm. tied it. This was win or lose. It was a two-point game. That field goal is either going in, and you're celebrating, or you're missing it, and your season is over. What was your mindset in situations like that? Do you even watch when you were when you were a player? Or do you, do you on the sideline? Do you I, just no, wait for I, the crowd I, reaction? I, I, yeah, I did. I never watched. Oh. I just turned my back and look at the fans. If they cheer, I know we made it. So, Coach, I am like I'm watching it tonight, and I'll be honest, I might have had one eye shut, you know. And then I didn't realize how close it was to not being good. I mean, right? He got it in there. And that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, there's a joke there somewhere, but he got it in there, and that's all that matters. But. The bottom line is... I already know what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 thinking. The wheels were turning, right? Yeah, like, yeah. what time of day is it? Go ahead. Um, but they were offsides anyway. So, he would have gotten another opportunity. But man alive. I mean, you're talking about a yard is how much that snuck inside the upright. Well, I didn't even know that's the case until you guys told me that when we got here to the show. Because, uh, you know, <clears throat> sitting in the press box, you know, I all I looked at was the fans behind the goalpost that's all I was looking mm-hmm. at if I did if if I, if I saw nobody standing up I knew we were in trouble yeah, yeah. but the reaction to it was immediate mm-hmm. and the reaction in the press box was just like Frank Frangie's call really oh yeah there was some celebrating oh in the press celebrating box. please <laughs> uh, you know uh we've got uh, you know you know I've almost gotten thrown out of the press box a few times but yeah. this one was the entire jaguar people 
in the press box. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we'll get reprimanded or not, but it was a wild scene up there. You know, I, you know, we talked about the Denver game. That was on the road. Mm-hmm. Bring it to the home stadium here in Jacksonville. Morton Anderson's miss. Again, I don't know if you ever top Morton Anderson's miss in 96. You were on the field for that game, obviously. 62-7 and 99. Monday night against Miami. Monday night, Pittsburgh. The Chris Hudson return when Clyde Simmons blocked the field goal. Well, Leon, I got to tell you, from a, a, a from a, a half, two quarters, not one moment, but two quarters, you might not have ever had two better quarters, two more memorable quarters in Jaguar history than what you had tonight in that stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with that. I absolutely agree, agree with that. And listen, 96 was special. Absolutely, 96 was special. And th- this game is in the argument with 96. It may not be... It may not be our brother, but it's our cousin. Mm-hmm. It is definitely our cousin when it comes to this game because the the magnitude of this game, the 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 comeback of this game, the moxie of this team to to never give up and to keep battling all the way to the end to where it came down to a field goal and we won it. Yeah, you got to take your hat off on that. Six four one ten ten is the phone mm-hmm. number. Back to the phone lines we go. They are loaded. We will get to you right now to the west side. Let's get Will in here on ten ten XL. Will, go ahead. Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. Just awesome, man. Welcome. Save the night it was awesome. I mean, I'm looking over. My uncle's got tears in his eyes. It just feels like the tides have shifted in Jacksonville. Yeah, it was really amazing. This is uh, landed, by the way, from the North Pole. Uh, for those of you who have been with the Jags for as long as you have, I've sat through, and I mean, no disrespect to any of these players, but the Chris Ivory, the Cecil Shorts, the Toby Gerhardt. Julius Thomas, the Joe Schobert, all of it. This is for you guys, and this is for us. Thank you guys. Awesome, guys. Appreciate the phone call. Easy on my guy Cecil Shorts there. I love Cecil Shorts. That's my guy. But aside from that, yeah, if you sat through Toby Gerhardt, I do feel for you. But these are also for the guys that sat through, you know, the year where Wally Rayner was the leading tackler in 2003, all right? And no disrespect to Wally Rayner, but – that's where you were when when the salary cap hell happened and they had to disband the 99-2000-esque Jaguars, mm-hmm. they fell into a pit of despair. They didn't smell the playoffs again until 05. Then 07 came along, and after 07, the bottom fell out. It was a decade between 07 and 17 that this team did not sniff the postseason. Then you have the great ride in 17, but coach, then again, the last four years, just horrendous, horrendous. And Trent Balky, man, let's be honest, 52 weeks ago, this fan base had a different perception of Trent Balky. 52 weeks ago, why didn't we hire Byron Leftwich? Why isn't Byron taking the job? Do we want Doug Peterson? Why did we sign Christian Kirk? A lot of whys. They've all come to fruition here as of late. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing for me is, you know, I said this when I was at the tailgate party last week with all those guys prior to the game. You're getting people. after it from what I hear. Yeah, I got into it pretty good because uh, it was <laughs> yeah. exciting and, and I hadn't been at one. But the people I talked to, I said, you know, the thing that I am the most excited about with this team is for the fans and the people mm-hmm. in the community more than the organization. Because I've been in Cleveland. I coached in Cleveland and those fans are fantastic and they've got nothing to show for it. The Jaguar fans, I'm just starting to get the feeling because when I was here in 5, 6, and 7, we went to the playoffs two of the three years, 
and we were eight and eight. So I, the three, the year that we didn't go, mm-hmm. so I didn't have a losing season here. And then I was gone for a big part of it. And now after the feeling the last couple of years and this year, I'm getting the same feeling as the fans. So this is extremely exciting for me as well, but I'm excited for these fans. If you did not love Trevor Lawrence already, I've gotten photos here on social media. Trevor Lawrence right now is having his post-game meal at the Waffle House. There you go. That is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, the most fantastic thing that I've seen in the last three hours. Where is that Waffle House? I'm going to go down there right after our show. I can't even imagine where it is. Uh, It's one of them, (laughs) and he is is celebrating with the fans at the Waffle House right now. Now, he's got to have the hash browns smothered and covered. Smothered, covered, and diced. Diced. There's no question about that. That is just terrific. 641-1010 Six four one ten ten is the phone number. Let's go to uh, the beaches. Let's get Kathy in here on ten ten XL. Kathy, go ahead. Oh, I really wish I was having uh, waffles with Trevor, but I'm not, so that's okay. Kathy, you sound um, like you've lost your voice. I really have. <laughs> <laughs> I really yelled all game long, all season long, and then like we're so happy that the Jags have won. And uh, I don't know, man, after all those interceptions, I really didn't think Trevor was going to pull it out for us. But, geez, like, Coach Campo, what goes into that fourth and one call and calling that timeout? Kathy, thank you for the phone call. Coach, I want to ask you about fourth and one, but she mentioned Trevor as well. What does Doug Peterson say to Trevor Lawrence after his fourth interception? What would you have said to him? I would have said just – Keep playing, do our thing. I, I've got confidence in you. Just go out and take it one play, one series at a time. Let's get back in here. Let's play our, our, our game. You know, we've come too far to, to just shelve it here after a bad performance. What about that fourth and one call? Well, you know, I, heard it, I said it earlier. I mean, to me, that was a, a, an unbelievably – the two calls that – just show me who Doug Peterson is and the confidence he has in what he's doing in his team is when they decided after the personal foul, when they were going to kick the extra point, they moved up to the mm-hmm. one-yard line and he decided to go for two. If he doesn't make it, they have to score a touchdown. Yep. But he had confidence in his team that, you know, they're going to make it. And then that fourth and one call to me, just the idea of calling the timeout, and saying, hey, look, they're loaded up in there. We can get to the perimeter. And I guarantee you, he said to ETN, when you get to the perimeter, get the first down. And get down. And get down. Don't yeah. get out of bounds. You know, and let the clock. We got to use the clock. And, Leon, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is 23 years old. He just turned 23 like a month ago. I mean, he's mm-hmm. unbelievably young. And, I mean, you, Stetson Bennett just won a national title. He's like 25, I think, at Georgia. He's yeah. in college. Yeah. Lawrence is 23, and in his second year in the league, and he's doing this in year two, it is reminiscent of what we saw from Joe Burrow a year ago. Yeah, I mean, listen, when he threw those four interceptions, I'm just saying this this kind of stuff doesn't happen. Most quarterbacks in the NFL in this type of situation in the playoffs, they have tremendous meltdowns. Four picks, are you kidding me? Four picks? And this kid, I mean. Three to Asante Samuel. Three to Asante Samuel. I mean, he threw four picks in the game. And I agree with you, Coach, with Doug Peterson. He, he, so you, the one thing you can't do is you can't tell him to quit slinging it. 
you know, you've got to instill that confidence. Hey, listen, we're going to need you to win this game and come back. Right. You're absolutely going to need you to win this game and come back. So, but the, the, but have the moxie to do it and actually come back with throws, with the throws, with the protection, with the receivers making the crucial catches and the pivotal points of the game. Man, that's just that's unheard of. That does that doesn't happen in the NFL. A guy does not throw four picks in the NFL and then scores four touchdowns, and just especially in the playoff game. Yeah. Well, not only is this the third biggest comeback in the history of the NFL postseason, the Jaguars are the first team ever to be minus five in the turnover margin and win a playoff game. Let's get one more in here on this side. Again, if you're on hold, we'll get to you. We got about another 40 minutes or so here on the fifth quarter. Albert in Alabama has been on hold forever. He's with us here on 1010XL. Albert, go ahead. Hey, you guys. Thank you for taking my call. Mr. Cersei, I've been watching the 96 Buffalo game, watching you, Hilsky, Wydell, Coleman, and Boselli was a thing of beauty, man. Thank you so much for that game, and it was just awesome. Now, I wanted to um, ask you guys, you know, I don't know why Bosa was being such a crybaby to the ref about that offside and the holding, because right before that, like, we had a pass interference in the end zone that didn't get called. And, you know, I just don't don't understand why after that second unsportsmanlike conduct, he didn't get ejected from the game. Albert, appreciate and, it. Yeah, I, I would need some clarification on that, too, because he I don't know if, like, taunting is different. He did have unsportsmanlike conduct. I don't know why, because he did get two of them. And I thought after two, you get tossed. Again, that's what really, I thought, too. Doesn't really I thought matter that as me. well. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, we won the game. Who cares? Yeah. But at the time, I thought it was weird. And Now, look, in Bosa's defense, <laughs> I thought Jawan Taylor <laughs> did have a false start, and I thought he held him on the same Who play. Who side are you on, bro? No, 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 no. no, no. no. But and the Evan Ingram did get held to play prior. Yeah. The referees were terrible yeah. on Awful. both Awful. sides tonight. Awful. And and listen, I'm a defensive coach. They get held every play. Those offensive linemen cheat. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's true. But in the in, in the didn't book, you wear the same colored the, gloves to the, the jersey? In that the, the, the booking Bible for the offensive <laughs> line. If you ain't if it ain't called, <laughs> it ain't. You, it don't count. I just love Leon's line. If you got an issue, get some tissue. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I guess Bosa had an issue. He needs to get some tissue. Yes, he does. All right, Leland, Jim, Damian, the rest of you guys, hang in there. You're up on the other side. It is 2.40 in the morning, and we have absolutely loaded phone lines. You guys are unbelievable. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We are brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Barry. And Bari Orthopedics, our normal location on the fifth quarter at a perfect rack billiards in Murray Hill. Obviously, it's 2.40 in the morning, but we would strongly urge uh, you guys to head out there tomorrow for all the postseason action. Love our folks out there at perfect rack billiards. More to do, about half an hour to go as the fifth quarter rolls on. One of the biggest nights in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars as they move on in the AFC playoffs. It's 10-10-XL. And 92.5 FM. Putting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. From the one yard line. Trevor drives to the end zone. It is good. 
He got it into the end zone. He spikes the ball. It's a 30 to 28 game. They have roared back from a 27 point deficit. How good is that? They're down by two with 525 to play in the ball game. Frank Franzi, Jaguars radio. That was the sneak to make it 30 to 28, which would ultimately be the appetizer for Riley Patterson's 36 yarder to win it at the buzzer. There were so many candidates for play of the game. We brought to you, or it is brought to you every week by performance painting. We had a lot to choose from. Denmark, let's do it now. The performance painting play of the game. Now the performance painting high performance play of the game. Performance painting. Prepare, protect, preserve. Coach Campo, honestly, the Zay Jones long touchdown, the Trevor two-point touchdown, Riley's kick, you could choose any of them. But Travis Etienne, I think it'll be the one people remember. Fourth and one around right end, 25 yards to get down into field goal range. The guts on that call to have that formation and do what they did after calling a timeout because they knew the sneak probably wouldn't work. Travis Etienne's run is this week's performance painting play of the game. And it was a tremendous play, uh, both call and execution. And, uh, you know, uh, Travis Etienne had an excellent ball game. I mean, a lot of the second half comeback was them deciding that they had to get him the ball on the perimeter and Trevor started throwing those quick passes out to him out of the backfield. That combined with that particular play, I think he 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 would have been a candidate for player of the game as well. Leon, when you're lining up in that situation, fourth down and your season, you know, you go off-season conditioning begins in April. Here you are in January, mm-hmm. and you've got to get a yard or the game's over. I mean, what goes through the line of an offensive lineman moments before don't, that snap? Don't jump. Yeah. Don't be the GOAT. No illegal procedure. But even bigger than the runs, the execution of the play. Mm-hmm. Any penetration kills that play. Yeah, Any right. penetration kills that play. In the middle or on, off on the sides. Trevor ATN was able to get outside because of no penetration. Then it was him one-on-one with a DB. And, they, and Doug Peterson figured him one-on-one with a DB, with him full speed, I'll take those odds. All right, if you're on the phone lines, we will get to you. We're with you for about 25 more minutes. Damian, Gary, Jim, and Leland, if you're on the line, we'll get to you. Let's begin, I believe, where is this, in in Los Angeles or Louisiana, Denmark, in L.A.? Let's go to Leland. It's a pretty big difference between Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Wow, I bet that's an interesting situation out there. Leland, how we doing? Hey, Hack, Leon, and Coach. So I was born and raised in Duval, but I I spent the last 11 years out here in L.A. And I got to say, I know more Jags fans out here than I know Charger fans. Wow. So I don't want to hear any more hate on social media. So I'm not going to lie. I was devastated in the first half. And, uh, you know, the bourbon of sadness started flowing. But miracles happened. And Trevor reminded me he is Trevor. This ain't the Jags of 2010. So now the bourbon of victory is flowing. Let's go Duval. We appreciate the phone call. Coach, how do you approach the film of this game? If you're Doug Peterson tomorrow or Monday, I mean, the euphoria of the second half, the catastrophe of the first half, no gray area in the middle. The first 28 minutes was horrific. The last 32 minutes was flawless. How do you watch the film? Do you show them the second half? Do you show them the first half? What do you do? I still think you keep everything the same. You, you keep coaching. So to me, in this particular case, you make a highlight tape of the bad and the good. And you put those out there and you say, hey, here's what we do. 
uh, when, we're, when we're rolling. Here's what we do when we're struggling. We've got to make sure that we put uh, the bad plays out of our mind and put the good ones in our mind. Leon, how do you approach it if you're a veteran? I mean, obviously, we see some guys celebrating at the Waffle House right now. Yeah. But back to the drawing board tomorrow, you'll find out your opponent tomorrow night. Yeah. And then you got to get this one out of your system. It's so uh, so what now what, right? That motto that Doug Peterson yeah. has had all year. Yeah. Well, listen, if you're a veteran, uh, you're glad you're not going home. Uh, getting into the playoffs is few and far, especially if you're late in, late in your career and you haven't been to many. Well, here's a novel thought. How about let's start fast and finish fast? Yeah. yeah. You know, let us, you know, we have to endure the comebacks of this team. But this team is more than capable of putting up 10, 14, 21 points on an opponent. Let's see how that rides out. Because, I mean, as, as amazing this comeback was, it doesn't often happen in the playoffs. You know, you see, what, the third greatest comeback in, in Third largest in, comeback in, in, in the history of, history. of yeah. You know, if I'm Doug Peterson, I say, listen, fellas, that was a great comeback. Way to gut it out, you know. Moving forward, let's see if we can play that way in the second half and some of the first half. (laughs) Why not start the game off with a lead? 14, 21-point lead. That's what I would say. Let's go to the beaches. Let's get Jim in here on 1010XL. Jim, what do you got? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm wondering, where are they getting officials these days? I mean, my goodness, I was starting to think I could do as good a job, and I'm blind. I mean, come on. (laughs) What what was the deal with, with, I mean, mean, that thing with Logan Cook, he could have gotten hurt. What was the deal with with the officials, and are there any kind of repercussions for this kind of incompetence? Jim, thank you. Yeah, they don't get to officiate any more playoff games. What, and and they get graded. Yeah. You know, they get Mm -hmm. graded, and at the end of the year, there's some officials that don't make it past that year. And by the way, just so you, I mean, for LA radio right now, which I'm sure they're doing their post game and, and podcasts and whatnot, they're going to be complaining as well. We're complaining and they're complaining. So the officials were bad all the way around. The LA media right now, I guarantee you, is talking about the Bosa lining up in the neutral zone. They're talking about the Bosa uh, personal foul, the lack of holding on Jawan Taylor. They got some gripes as well. In fact, I saw one Charger guy on Twitter. Say the fix is in. Yeah. The fix is in. They yeah. wanted Jacksonville in the divisional first round all, and not all, Los Angeles. First of all, no one's fixed anything for us. Ridiculous. Please, are you serious? Back to back number one picks overall. The fix is in for us. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, I get it. Because, you know, if if we would have lost, what would the conversation be? Oh, they wanted Herbert versus yep. Mahomes. The fix is in. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it depends. When the scoreboard's in your favor at the end. You have a different perspective on things. Let's go to Damien out at the beach. Damien, you're on 1010XL. What's going on? What's up, fellas? How are uh, you, bud? Good, good. I, I, I mean, I'm great. Great, great. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, uh, give uh, props to uh, Big Surf's. Uh I actually uh, uh, said hey to you uh, when you had that purple uh, Mercedes that uh, a Bank of America uh, – uh, drive through and uh i rolled down the window and i said hey you, you you're big thirst right and he and you were like yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah that was, was i playing prince while i was driving that purple uh, beans by the way because usually do you, do you remember that? do you remember that car i remember that car absolutely all right yeah it was out at the beach and uh I, and i just rolled through and i said hey you're you're, you're big thirst yeah. so uh, good on you for, uh, saying hello. You're, you're a good dude, but, but, uh, yeah, I was at the first game that we ever had. And, uh, I took my nephew to the Dallas, uh, game, uh, this year. And, uh, 
when when we were down, I, I, I just said, we're a second-half team. We're a second-half team. And then today, same thing. Uh, I texted my nephew, and I said, we're a second-half team. Down 27-7, to seven, and I said, we got this. And there we go. So uh, this is a different team. Uh, so I, I, I'm just really excited. So, Hey, Damian, thank you for the phone call. Yeah, I'll tell you. Coach, you might want to quickly share your story with your son, which I think is hilarious. I'll share the one with my mom earlier tonight. So my mom, not going to stay up past 10 o'clock to watch a football game. She's just not mm-hmm. going to do it. But at that point, it was 27 nothing. So she texts me. She's like, be careful coming home. Try to have a good show. I know there'll be a lot of disappointment. And really, I'm really sad about it. Then the Jaguars come back and win. And I, I just, I did not want her to wake up in the middle of the night thinking the Jaguars lost. So I call her up. This is 1130 at night, right after the game. And I'm just on cloud nine right now, knowing I'm coming in here to do the fifth quarter. And I call my mom, and she's obviously sleeping. It's like, so sorry to wake you up. You're not going to believe this. The Jaguars came back, and they won the game. And there were like two seconds of silence. And she's like, what? And it just absolutely went berserk at 1130 at night. Could not have been happier. And I don't know if she was able to go back to bed. So there is just so much happiness in this city. The fan base has put up with so much mm. nonsense for, you know, almost 15, 20 years. You and your son had an interesting exchange as well. Well, you know, he's a big – this one is a, a huge Cowboy fan. So, when we beat the Cowboys right – I get out, it. Daddy was uh, the head yeah, coach of the Cowboys. Yeah. So, when I – he was in the stands. So, I texted him and I said, how about them Jaguars? <laughs> so, now the score is – 27 to 7 at the half, and he texts me and he goes, How about them Jaguars? And I said, Listen, I said, We're going to win this game 31 27. And he goes, It's over. And I said, No, I said, A lot of football left to play. And then as it got closer, I said, You get nervous? He <laughs> said, Listen, I'll give you, I'll take you out to dinner if we, if you guys win this. And I said, Okay. I said, uh, It'll be steak. And then as it got a little bit closer, I said, that's steak and lobster. <laughs> and then at the end, he said, I'm taking you to dinner. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, hey, yeah, it, it was it was a great victory. No I, question. I've been to football games with you and seen your cell phone in situations like this where you getting texts from former players around the league, that sort of thing. Yeah, because most of the guys I deal with, they, they, they've had success in the NFL. They, they're on good teams or whatever. And, you know, I, I'm supposed to be the, the lonely old Jaguar, all right? The lonely old Jaguar. And everybody, they, they're texting me, uh, oh, it's over. Oh, and, you know, uh, one-hit wonders. Uh, your playoff run is over. So, I, I'm, you know, I don't text back because I'm too into the game. You know, I'm already I'm too into the game. But when we win, I sell out. I said, I call you anything. <laughs> I call you anything when we win. Oh. So, so I, I took, I took, look, I took a blunt of the, a lot of the pressure from a former teammates of mine. But when we win, I shine. That's the. All There's the no doubt about it. One final call tonight, then we'll come back and wrap it up. And what has been an unbelievable night and an unbelievable fifth quarter. Gary at the beaches, you're the final call of the, uh, I guess, the early morning here in the city of Jacksonville. How we doing, Gary? Are you there? Yes. What's going on, man? Oh, Gary. Yeah, I, you know what? I thought he added so much to the program, right? <laughs> I really thought Gary brought it. We're going to end on that note? Are you kidding me? We might take one more call if you want to call in 
at 641-1010. We'll be back. A final wrap on what was, what is, and what will continue to be one of the most memorable nights in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the city of Jacksonville. The Window World of Northeast Florida. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics with Leon Searcy and Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Dylan Denmark is your producer. One segment to go here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. This is the Window World of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter, live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill, presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. They run the ball with ETN, tries to get the corner, he does, 35, 30, 25, he is going to get wrestled to the ground at the 15-yard line, what a play call, it looked like the old T formation, and they handed it to ETN, he got it to the 16-yard line. Frank Frangie, Jaguars Radio, Travis ETN on fourth and one, what a call by Doug Peterson, every week on the fifth quarter. We give you a drive of the game. That drive of the game is brought to you by Tire Outlet. Denmark, let's do it now. The Tire Outlet drive of the game. Now, the Tire Outlet drive of the game. Tire Outlet. Wholesale prices, premium service. Leon Searcy, they went 10 plays, 61 yards, ate up the last three minutes and nine seconds off the clock. Ending with a Riley Patterson 36-yard field goal to win the game and advance to the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Well, well, listen, and, and Coach can attest to this. You play at the end of practice. After you do situational football, you put yourself in this position, so you're not alarmed. You're poised by what you need to do to get the first down or get the one yard. Or do so you work on this kind of stuff. It, it, it's so refreshing to know that you worked on this and to see it happen, and to see them execute the way they executed. No one was nervous. No one, no one was frightened by it. Everybody was poised. I ain't going to lie now. When he threw the pass, when he threw the pass on 31, <laughs> I, mean, I was having problems with Doug. I yeah. really was. I was had problems with Doug. But to execute that fourth down play, the way he executed, the blocking, and for ATN to have the whereabouts, not to go out of bounds, to give them any time on the clock, to stay in bounds, to keep the clock running, it was flawless. Coach, you talked about it all night. What a call by Doug Peterson. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think the two-point call and that one were uh, priceless, you know, because this is priceless what happened today for this football team and for this city and for the organization. Let's take one more call, then we'll get final thoughts from Dave Campo and Leon Searcy to the state of Alabama. Final call of the night will go to Albert. Albert, what's on your mind? Hey, man, I just wanted to end the night, man. I'm still pumped up over the game. I just want to say, hey, man, we are the team of destiny. At one point in the game, we had a 98.5% chance of losing. We overcame that. We overcame five turnovers. We overcame a 27-point deficit. We did not have a lead until the final second of the game. We are the team of destiny. I said it three weeks ago. We're going to go all the way to the ship, and we're going to win it because we are the Jaguars, and it's always been the Jaguars. Duval! That's the way That's to end the way the to end There you go. Absolutely. All right, Dave Campo, final thoughts on everything that's transpired over the last five or six hours. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. I don't care who we're playing. I think this football team uh, is something special. And 
you don't ever know what's going to happen when you get in a playoff game. So, to me, bring them on. Let's roll. Leon, seriously, mm. you uh, have had faith in this team the entire year. I have. You picked them to win I did. Uh, tonight. I did. And uh, they proved well, you right. Yeah. Well, listen, first of all, this team should be proud of themselves. The coaching staff should be proud of the way they play call. This fan base should be proud of themselves the way they showed up and showed out at the bank. So now, it doesn't matter who we play, all right? It doesn't matter who we play. Enjoy this right now. We're the darlings of the NFL right now. Enjoy it. It's been a long time coming. This fan base has endured a dumpster fire for the longest, longest time. Now it's time to enjoy it. And it doesn't matter who we play next week, whoever we play, this team will be up for it. Coach Leon, it's 310 in the morning. Thank you, guys. Coach, I'll talk to you tomorrow yes. on Hacker After Dark. How Absolutely. about that? And Leon, we'll do it later in the week. We'll hear you all every day on XL Primetime. I'm going to uh, – I'm going to jump off the ring ropes into bed tonight. Oh, there you go. That's your, ref- there you That's go. your wrestling reference. I'm heading to Epcot in four hours. There you That's go. That's what I got All right. going on for you. Dylan Denmark has been your producer. The Window World of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. What a night. The third biggest comeback in the history of the National Football League playoffs. The Jaguars 31-30. And we will do this again next week for the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Enjoy your Sunday, Jacksonville. Jeff Prosser in studio Monday morning, 6 a.m. Those 16 hours on Monday should be incredible. Good night, everybody.